0: Welcome to Any Stupid Questions, the podcast where comedians ask the experts the questions you really ought to know the answers to at your big age, but don't. Today we're going to be asking almost insultingly basic questions about elections to political journalist and biographer Lewis Baston. Hello, Lewis.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And today's idiots, who I can't believe don't know all this stuff already, are comedy writer Sarah Morgan, who has written Not Going Out on BBC One, The Wilson Save the World on Radio 4, and hosts the excellent podcast The Fear that I've been on. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> Hello, Danielle. And also, comedy writer John Morris, whose best known work is now the Ladybird Books for Grown-Ups, but also writes Agendum for Radio 4 and hosts the Rule of Three podcast that I have been on. We all do each other's podcasts now instead of going to the pub.
2: Yeah, there's so it's, it's not <laughs> enough work in comedy writing anymore. To fill your days somehow.
0: And uh, as we all know, no one listens to the end of podcasts. If there's anything you'd like to plug, uh, I'm going to ask you to do it now.
2: You and buy The Wonderful World of Ladybird Books for Grown Ups, which is the big coffee table book version of the Ladybird Books that's too big to fit in your toilet.
3: Sarah? Uh, yes, as mentioned, I do a podcast called The Fear, about the overlap
1: between comedy and horror. I interview funny people about what they're scared of.
0: Lewis, do you have anything you'd like to
1: plug? If anyone is a publisher or an agent and is interested in a book about borderlands, European borders, how weird it is to live in a place where another country starts the other side of the road, uh, get in touch. <laughs> Or if you're listening a couple of years from now, please buy my amazing book.
0: Right, let's talk about elections. Lewis, who gets to call the election? Who does that? Is it is it the sitting person? Is it the opposition? Is it the Queen? Can we all fill out something on the lottery ballots? <laughs> I mean, because I'm really confused how this works. OK,
1: I think a lot of people are confused at the moment because yes. it is technically the Queen. Is the Queen signs I'm off on all, the proclama- <laughs> on all the pro- proclamations and stuff about it. Usually, before 2010, 2011, it was basically a power the Prime Minister had. Okay. The Prime Minister could call an election whenever they felt like
0: when it. When they thought they'd win it. Exactly.
1: Yeah. The rules changed a bit, and now it's over to Parliament, really, to call an election. Parliament needs to pass a resolution with a two-thirds majority in order to... Start a general election. Now, what tends to happen now is the Prime Minister still had the power, as we saw in 2017. Mm. Mm-hmm. Theresa May decided to call an election. Jeremy Corbyn had been saying, let's have an election for months. Yeah. So both Labour and Conservative voted for it. It's very difficult to oppose having a new election. And there's a time limit of five years. Um, it happens automatically after five years if nothing else uh, is changed. There is one tiny little get-out clause, like if we're in total war or something like this. I shudder to mention this as who knows it may happen and we may still have this parliament ten years from now. But during the First World War and the Second World War, it went on Uh, longer than the five years it should have
0: done. So all this stuff about Jeremy Corbyn wants an election, Mm -hmm. or or does he, how can he force it?
1: He can't force it. He can't force it. You need two-thirds of the House of Commons, so it has to be a kind of collusive thing between the leader of the opposition and the Prime Minister. Uh Now, normally, if you're leading the opposition, you will vote to have an election, because what's the alternative? You say to the government... No, no, you guys carry on. You're doing fine. We want you in power a bit longer. No opposition's going to do that. So it's effectively the, the leadership is still with the Prime Minister. If a Prime Minister wants to call an election, you have to have fairly odd circumstances for it not to happen.
0: Like now?
1: Jeremy Corbyn would go for it as well. I mean, it it was.
0: Sorry. Sorry. Is is there at the moment a a situation where Jeremy Corbyn can say he wants an election and enough of the Conservative Party would want that and Theresa May didn't want an election? Is that what they're trying to manoeuvre?
1: It's technically possible. What they're trying to do is call an election by another route and that is to collapse the government. The idea is that there is this thing (laughs) called a vote of no confidence. Okay. And if the majority of the House of Commons votes for a motion that goes we have no confidence in the government the prime minister then has 14 days for a new government to be formed and to get out of what out of someone or other out Out of star matter (laughs) yeah exactly we are talking about the coalescence of sort of primal forces here and if it doesn't happen within the 14 days then the parliament fails and there's a general election then You don't need to get a two-thirds majority for that. You only need a majority of one. So the idea is that if we have some strange, dramatic circumstances, Theresa May wants a no-deal or something like that, then the idea is enough Conservatives might vote with the opposition in order to collapse the government to stop it happening. That's the strategy. Um, Whether it works or not, I mean, I'm probably going to be... revealed to be an idiot by the time this goes out we'll be the- <laughs> will no,
3: we'll be in the thunder domes with <laughs> yeah.
2: cars with spikes on by yeah. then it's fine it's,
3: it's really reassuring when everyone just goes we
0: don't really yeah, know <laughs> also, i
2: really like the idea that the way to get this democracy to work is to keep collapsing things and putting them down <laughs> on top of you like sort of like the hulk
0: <laughs> and did theresa may have to call the election in 2017 nope. a i 100 her choice Even though she hadn't been the Prime Minister who'd been elected, that was David Cameron. Yeah, sure. So she could have just ridden it out.
1: Absolutely. She could have stayed until 2020 if she'd wanted to. She gambled on getting a better result in the 2017 election than David Cameron had done in 2015 and a sort of mandate. The idea was that there'd be some big Conservative majority, lots of new Conservative MPs who'd be really grateful to Theresa May for winning their seat for them and would do what she said. Didn't turn out that way, of course, and she was stuck with an even worse situation than David Cameron. But this is the thing about We elect MPs. We only elect our MP in our little patch. Mm -hmm. The Prime Minister is somebody kind of technically who's chosen by the MPs. So generally when you switch Prime Minister midstream, you don't have another election. I mean, Gordon Brown and John Major both came in that way as well. So it was nothing unusual for May to come in in 2016 without an election. Mm -hmm. What was quite unusual was her messing it up quite so badly when she did go for an election.
0: If she'd have lost her seat in that election, is she not allowed to be Prime Minister anymore? This
1: has not been a situation <laughs> which we've explored yet. I <laughs> mean, um, um, if anyone's going to lose their seat, it's her. Isn't <laughs> it? <Yeah. laughs> she could probably manage, yes. <laughs> yeah, Amber
0: um, Rudd nearly lost yeah, her yeah. that was fun. Brilliant, that was
1: that fun. Was, that could, I mean I suppose you, it could happen if Amber Rudd r- became Prime Minister yeah. and then lost her seat. Yeah, let's run that through, probably she'd be, probably be she'd be so incredibly embarrassed that she would
2: resign as prime minister. Yep. And... I don't
3: think Theresa May's ever been embarrassed. Tired. She's definitely yeah. been tired. She's been tired. You can between... see
2: from her dancing that she has never see, been embarrassed. I,
3: as I, I say, I hate things that talk about politicians' appearance because I think it, yeah. it drags us down to a level that we shouldn't be talking about in Trump's hair and fuck all that noise. But sorry, can I say that? Um, yep. F all that noise. It's not the BBC. Uh, but. <laughs>
4: Theresa May has like been wearing balance. the same
3: mascara for two years, and it really upsets me because she's just been applying the same strata of mascara over. Because she's so tired, she's been awake for such a long time, and it really, really upsets me.
2: So she should look like Susie Sue by now. Yeah, she does.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So she just she looks like a person who needs to give her eight hours to catch up with some sleep and then start making decisions.
2: I wouldn't be able a sleep if I were her. They well, no. said that about, about, about Margaret Thatcher, she only had four hours sleep a night and thinking, oh, she's a powerhouse. No, she's just really, really, yeah. really unable to sleep yeah. because of what she done.
0: All the <laughs> terrible things going through her head. Yeah,
2: when you've done bad things, you don't sleep.
0: But what you're saying is technically if someone, the leader of party, and for some reason they lost their seat, then they... They they They
1: keep on being Prime Minister until somebody else comes in. And there was, believe it or not, there there were a couple of weeks in 1963 when the Prime Minister was not a member of the House of Commons. Wow. Um, Wow. What happened was that... Was it Ringo
2: Starr? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, anything was possible. (laughs) Beatlemania had hit.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it was it was Sir Alec Douglas Hume and he stepped down from the House of Lords. It was the first year you could step down from the House of Lords and there was a complete circus about um, who should be conservative leader and prime minister. And Alec Douglas Hume stood down from the Lords, so he didn't have a commons seat. There was, fortunately for him, there was a vacancy in a safe Conservative seat in Scotland, which did used to be a thing, and he was put in as the candidate. So he was in the position of knocking on doors in um, Perthshire and saying,
2: please vote for me, I'm your local candidate and Prime Minister. <laughs> So like, like Hugh Grant in Love Actually, it's like, let <laughs> knock on your door. Oh, simpler times. What
0: if Theresa May decided to never call another election and you know she's thinking about it. <laughs> so she just goes, you know what, I am not doing anything for ages. And, and she bats off all the no confidence votes. What happens on day five years? Does it literally just kickstart an election?
1: Yes, it does, I think. The, the, the only way round it, really, is to start a war.
0: <gasps> well, I would not put it past her. Would well, really they
2: send so... the army in to get rid of it and prise her off the seat?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a war with us with another country? Yeah. Or just an, uh, some sort of a civil, civil war? war? Well,
2: that's <laughs> oh, so well, we'll that's another
1: way, yeah. I mean, <laughs> because the, it's the one thing, the House of Lords generally has little power can delay a bit or complain a bit. Yeah. One thing it really does have power over is that if the House of Commons wants to extend its term of office, the House of Lords has to agree to it, which is what happened sort of after 1940 and after 1915 during the wars then. But short of that or short of appointing lots of people to the House of Lords so she has a majority... And they'll vote to extend Parliament. That's how you... OK, you could theoretically create a dictatorship that way.
0: But she, the Tories do have a majority in the House of Lords, don't they? They're
1: the largest single party. They don't have an overall majority. Oh, OK. They're also... The sort of people who end up in the House of Lords tend to be kind of... They tend to be old-fashioned in sort of good ways or and bad ways. They don't like governments kind of cutting corners with the Constitution. On the other hand, they're a bit reluctant about, sort of, for instance... The new 5Ps. Yeah, Yeah. oh, yeah. (laughs) But
0: but theoretically, she could technically form a dictatorship like that. Just technically.
2: (laughs) With a terracotta army of lords.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Technically, yes. You would have to win a... You'd have to get a majority in the House of Commons all the time, Yeah. and you would have to stuff the House of Lords. It could be done. What might end up causing you problems is by-elections because if you keep their MPs there indefinitely they'll start wandering off they'll start dying they'll start getting other jobs etc so there'll be by-elections every now and then and eventually the by-elections will probably get rid of your majority. And uh, you'll be defeated just, in
2: Parliament. That's <laughs> checks and balances there.
4: Eventually, people all you die. Need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That's,
2: oh, the I, Grim Reaper, the great checker and balance. <laughs> that,
0: that is where we are with politics.
2: That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. all we've got to hope for. It's
0: someone dies. <laughs> How many people vote? Oh, you don't have to be, like, really specific. Okay, don't want
2: their names.
1: Yeah, just... just (laughs) (laughs) Aaronson. About... 30 million people vote in general elections. Is okay. that less than
2: half? That's, that's established about two-thirds. We this thirds. earlier, didn't we? We're trying to look how many it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, the electorate is about 45 million people. Right. And turnout is about two-thirds of that. Mm. So it's it's 30 million-ish voting. That's voted. surprisingly high.
0: Yeah, I, that surprised mm-hmm. me. I, I assumed I it was, it was lower.
1: people, but Yeah, people, <laughs> me and my
0: mates. people like make out is not very many. Mm. And and what was the percentage during the referendum?
1: Referendum was a little higher at
2: 72 percent. I think, turned out in the referendum. Was that attracting the big red button, screw everything constituency more than an election would do? By all accounts, it was. There were people
1: who didn't vote usually who turned out for that one and then didn't turn out again a year later. One of the things that's really difficult if you're trying to do opinion polling in elections now, it used to be the case sort of 50 years ago, everyone voted, unless there was some really good reason why not. Now you've got, if you're taking a poll you've got to try and work out who's actually going to vote and who doesn't. Because people, when they're asked by a pollster, are you going to vote? Yes, of course I'm going to vote. And and they don't, or at least right. some of them don't. So that's quite a, a tricky thing, which means that polling is a more difficult thing than it's been in the past. For other elections, like local government elections, the turnout's
2: lower. It's sort of 30 to 40% in those.
0: Joel, have you got a question?
2: Uh, yeah, Um it's an obvious one because we have we have tests for things before you can do things. You have exams and things like that. People have said this before. Why isn't there a test to be able to vote? As in, like a really basic one. I mean, just literally like you have to be this high to ride this ride, kind of the thing outside the, the polling office where you have to be able to tell the difference between, say, the uh, the prime minister and a picture of a traffic light, just to weed out people who genuinely have. No like interest a in politics. Test. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you tick the boxes that have got a car in them? That, when I want to buy something or sign up for a website, I'm tested quite rigorously. I find those quite hard. But I can just walk into a polling station because they put a piece of paper through my door. Yeah. I've got a certain amount of sympathy for that. But <laughs> it hasn't
1: been the policy, sort of in Britain, at least since 1928, when
2: women and men got the vote on the same I'm terms. fine about women and men having it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with like, the Thanks. universal suffrage. In theory, it's just, do you know what you're doing in that?
1: Um, well, one of the things that is a problem with this is that in the American South, under the semi-apartheid Jim Crow system, they had education tests and, and so on. And white people would um, get an education test or sort of put your tick in a box before you're allowed to vote, or kind of name two states of the USA, and the black voters would get a different ballot paper which had some complicated mathematical equations on it. So it wasn't the same test for everyone. And it's just one of these things, We, it's kind of the rule of large numbers, the the (laughs) idea that the stupid people will cancel out on each side. And it's also not for kind of the state to say, your vote is cast for a really stupid reason. It's kind of something that belongs to you, to a- every individual, as part of the sort of dignity of being an adult citizen.
3: Did you have a question, I, I, Yes, I, 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 this is the, the most childlike question of all. How come, in a country of so many million people, <laughs> if more of them vote for a thing... Than the other, how come that isn't how we decide what won an election? Like the number, like it's not based on the number of votes by individuals, it's based on areas.
1: Well, there are electoral systems that do work that way. Mm. The presidency of France elections right. for that work that Lucky way. Lucky sods. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in Britain, we do have this very old system of carving the country up into little mm. districts. And the idea was that the MP represents their district, their constituency, and takes that constituency's concerns and wishes to Parliament and represents it there. We had representation of places before we had any kind of real democracy as far as people were concerned. So it's just the way the system has... Has evolved. Other countries do it differently and they have a combination of nationally representative mm-hmm. outcome and district based things. So you've got a bit of a blend
2: of the two of them. Mm. So it's a bit like our sort of public transport system when people say, why is our one rubbish? Because you know, it was the first.
1: Yeah. yeah. We were mm-hmm. trying it out.
2: <clears throat> I had a question related to that, which I was saying that I remember hearing that we had constituencies because it was hard to travel. So basically, you were basically yeah. sending a village elder on horseback thing. Now we don't have that. Now we have the internet. We can communicate mm-hmm. immediately. Is there a case for getting rid of geographical representation and replacing it by representing your views? So there'd be a, an MP for people who like Frasier, <laughs> an
4: MP for people who,
2: who like salt and vinegar crisps, an MP for people who like cheese and onion crisps. Because I'd like someone to represent my views, but I don't feel that that's necessarily where I live. I think there's something to be said for that. We have that on the...
1: London Assembly, to some extent. We've got these kind of 11 members who are elected by sort of London as a whole, and they kind of choose what they're most interested in. So in a sense, you can kind of get that. And I I do sympathise. I mean, there is this idea that representation is about geography, and it's not necessarily so. It's the way our system has grown up. And there is also some sense, if you want to have a meeting with your MP, for instance, it is quite useful if they're near you rather than if your sort of salt and vinegar eating
4: crisp <laughs> yeah.
1: pervert MP kind of lives in the Inverness <laughs> or whatever. If you live in Plymouth, it's quite
2: difficult to have a chat. Because there are a bunch yeah. of people who are sort of really sort of beating a drum and saying, why can't I vote for the SNP? Because I live in London. I thought, well, of course you can't vote for an SNP. But then I thought, why can't you vote for the SNP? Well, it's, it's been done before because there was a, after
1: Ireland became independent or became a free state in 1922, there was still an Irish nationalist MP who sat for a constituency in Liverpool.
0: So it can be done. See, what would be interesting is if the SNP sent a candidate to where you live, yeah. then you could vote for them. Are yep. you allowed to do that? Could the SNP run in? Where, whereabouts do you live?
2: I live in uh, North London, in Walthamstow.
0: In Walthamstow. Are they allowed to do that?
2: There's nothing at all to stop them. They should no. do that. Well, because I, I was going to ask you about this, because there are, there are maverick MPs, because the party system gets very binary. Mm. What is there to stop MPs who say, because they are at the moment, disagreeing with each other and everything on party lines, just completely atomising? Um, And my MP in Walthamstow, I only found out recently, isn't a Labour MP. She's a Cooperative Party MP Mm -hmm. who have an alliance with Labour. And I thought, as Labour was splitting, I thought, I wonder if you're going to walk.
4: And
2: there are, I the third largest party Mm -hmm. in. Parliament is the cooperative Party, who I'd never heard I've of. until so. heard of <laughs> <them. Yeah. laughs> Oh my so God! We want a third party, yeah. and he went, "There is one." But I had no, and I suddenly thought that made me think, "What is there to stop the parties just immediately going? No, we've had enough of this and atomising." The forces that keep them together are about. It's about elections.
1: I mean, the party does a lot for you at election time. If you're right. an MP, you can win election on the basis of which party you are in a lot of places. Your individual just by habit. People yeah. always
2: vote Labour, they always yeah. vote. To.
0: That's, that's or, the safe seats. So yeah. yeah, or if people
1: sort of vote Labour or Conservative because of the national campaign and what they think about the leaders and so mm-hmm. on, there's a limit to how much you can affect the vote yourself. You can at the edges, but it's mostly about the label you wear. Some MPs can survive if they go independent and stand for elections, but they tend to be the exceptions. I think it's possible we are moving towards a time when parties are kind of breaking down a bit more than they used to be and that sort of the cooperative party for instance it is it's kind of in close alliance with labor it's like a sort of i don't know Sorry, I was about to use a metaphor of parasitism, but it is
2: it is, it is
1: not a parasitic organism organism on labor. Is it like but... a plate
2: fungus on the side of the tree? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing, yes. Like <laughs> um, to be
3: do like that... a bird
0: picking a hippo's
2: tooth yeah. like they yeah. need yeah. each other, so on the nose of a Symbolotic. shark.
0: <laughs> so we've been talking about first past the post, that is our system. The other systems that get talked about are uh, alternative vote AV or proportional representation, which is worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm no fan of the way we do things. I think first past the post is a pretty crude and rubbish system.
3: To ask a really stupid question, it's got nothing to do with things actually being first past the post, is it? No. Like, no. The speed of the speed. It of is, the competition it's the n- no, it, <laughs> it, like it sounds like a racing term. It's like yeah. the first person to vote wins. It's That's what it sounds <laughs> like. Where well, yeah. they're really
2: rapidly counting those votes. It's exciting on excited on elections. Yeah, you see Sunderland
3: those women the Does Sunderland
2: always win? The <laughs> country will be governed once again by sunburnt. Yeah.
3: Sorry, it's okay. it, so it is nothing to do. It on, is, yeah. it's
2: a, it's a, just a metaphor. just
1: a, just a from, phrase. It's a, a metaphor a, yeah. from horse racing yeah. that it's the one horse wins the race. And it's the horse that comes in ahead of all the other ones. So that's where it comes from. It's just you vote with an X. They count up how many Xs each candidate Mm -hmm. has. The one candidate with the most Xs wins the election. Mm -hmm. AV is a bit different, alternative vote. You've still got the same thing, one constituency, one MP. But instead of voting with an X, you say one for your favourite, two for your next favourite. And basically if your favourite candidate gets knocked out, say if your a Green or a Liberal Democrat or a UKIP supporter, more or less anywhere, your candidate is not going to be one of the top two. But you can ha- you can choose between the top two. That's sort of how it works. Okay. I think it's a slight improvement on what we've got, but only very slight. And PR is a system, it's a generic general name for any kind of system that seeks to try and link directly the number of MPs to the share of the vote. A PR system has the property where if a party gets about 40% of the vote, Mm -hmm. it gets about 40% of the seats, which our current system doesn't really do. No. You wouldn't want that. It sounds too sane. It's, <laughs> it's sane and sensible, but yeah. But under mm-hmm. that
0: system, wouldn't UKIP have won a lot? They'd have had MPs, wouldn't they, in the last couple of elections because they had a, a large share of the vote, but it was spread across different constituencies.
1: That's right, yeah. They got over 10% of the vote, so they'd probably get around
2: 10% of the seats. So but there'd that, be a gang of 50 or 60 UKIP. I don't but like that, it. But, but no, what <laughs> was peculiar is that that point of view that UKIP were espousing was the point of view of almost everyone I met. Yeah, And it was certainly the view of everyone I, I sort of met at a Boxing Day dinner with my family, and yet they had no MPs. And he thought, mm. what was weird about the country is that it had no representation for what appeared to be the leader column of the biggest paper in the yeah. country mm. had that point of view. But the
0: weird thing about AV is, because we had a vote on that a few years ago, <laughs> but I sort of think that's a, that was a dream, because no one seems yeah. to remember it, do they? Like Nick. No- I wrote a book about that <laughs> referendum
2: and nobody bought it. Yeah, they, I
0: mean, if was that, it a referendum? If that, that had
2: gone the other way, would we be in a completely different oh world? Oh, my goodness. Is this like the Milliverse all over again?
3: <laughs> if the right Milliband, wrong Milliband, yeah. depending on... Yeah, it
2: no, it the way. Milliverse is if he hadn't eaten the bacon sandwich, where would we be now? Uh, OK.
0: <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I know... I, like, my family do not remember that AV referendum. Like, they don't remember it. It
2: was too boring.
1: <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, basically, boring. I'm an, elect- an electoral systems kind of anorak and... I found that referendum campaign boring. <laughs> so, my goodness, I suspect what would have the kind of branching off from that would probably have meant the Clegg
2: Cameron coalition would have had another term, oh, mate. which is what what Cameron was banking on anyway. Yep. <laughs> ah, right, that's why we're here.
0: Hello, thank you for downloading Any Stupid Questions. Uh, we hope that you enjoy this podcast, and if you do, it would be absolutely brilliant if you could go on iTunes and rate and review us. Nice rating and reviews. I mean, if you've really hated it, then don't feel you need to tell anybody. But um, if you did like it, five stars and telling your best friends would be very helpful. Thank you.
4: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Why
0: don't we have a system like, I think it's Australia, isn't it, where you have to vote? Mm. Why don't we have that? That seems to make sense.
1: I'm in favour of it myself. Because I think one of the problems with the way elections go is the groups who turn out and vote get stuff from the parties. The parties will give them things in manifestos. Like you get sort of a television licence if you're over 75 and all that. Old people vote and they get stuff from the government. Yes. Mm. Young people don't vote generally, and they get stuffed. I mean, they they get get, uh, student tuition fees and so on, yeah. And rubbish housing and all this sort of thing. So, to me, compulsory voting would even up the the dialogue a bit. I think also it's quite good that that it's a bit of civic duty. There's not much that binds us together as a society and a nation. It's taking part in a little kind of... Ritual in favour of democracy, and all it involves is marking a little X on a piece of paper, not sacrificing a goat. So, I think it's a, I think it's a
2: kind of ritual going to a school that, near your house. Yeah, yeah it's just, warm you know, in there. you awesome. going to see sugar paper for the first time in years. <laughs> oh, yeah, fantastic. You'll be able
0: to text it in soon, and then you um, know, then the kids will be a <laughs>
2: yeah. That
3: was a question I was going to ask Like, considering how foolproof the tiny pencil system seems to be, is there any danger of it being replaced by a computer that could be hacked?
1: Yes, mm. um, some countries have this. And usually it works okay. It depends on the level of trust in the society. The Netherlands has had it for years mm. and there's no problems there. But often people don't trust the system in the United States. Yeah, for instance. They need to see
2: those ladies emptying the big metal boxes. Oh yeah. yeah. I, we all it gives do. me a sense yeah. of confidence yeah. about uh, people. You can't hack a pencil. And <laughs> and uh, <laughs> top ten pencil
1: hacks. Yeah. I'd have a t
0: shirt that said that. That's <laughs> <a pencil>. um, <laughs> all. And
1: I think given the vulnerabilities of systems, yeah. as we've seen, that it would be, to my mind, foolish to go over to something that at least didn't at least have a paper backup.
0: Well, it's fascinating, isn't like Voter fraud is really, really low. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like it would be very <clears throat> easy to do. Are we just very honest? Well,
1: we assume everyone's honest. It is actually quite easy to, to do voter fraud, but there's very little evidence that anyone does it. Um, there are very
0: that's few... how easy it is to do. No one even notices. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: what usually happens if somebody is defrauding an election, they either make up people to put on the register and then harvest their, their votes, or they sort of know which people never vote or whatever mm. and vote on their behalf. Those are the commonest types. And in a way, it's it usually happens only when there's a sort of low... Local councillor who's crooked, who wants to make sure they win. It doesn't really happen much on a parliamentary level. Because what happens is is that they because the officials check stuff off against the, the register, if somebody had fraudulently cast my vote, mm. I'd notice when I went to the polling yeah. station, I'd
2: say, look, something's gone wrong here. Yeah. Are there easier ways to affect the government of the country, like owning a newspaper? oh
1: yeah i'd yeah, definitely just, go that route yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> just just sending really really inflammatory gifts mm. to yeah. certain people absolutely. on Facebook. absolutely yeah. you don't need yeah. to mess around with sort of
1: post boxes and things yeah. to yeah. i
0: mean like I've, people Sly. have tried to defraud <laughs> me in the last election they'd come around to my house and they'd try and tell me who to vote for <laughs> like <laughs> i know your game yeah. <laughs> at what level does my vote have most power is it on a local council level is it on the constituency level is on the general election, where, where have I got most power as a voter? Well, the
1: people who you vote for are most powerful at the MP. Level. OK. On the other hand, the chances are you probably live somewhere in a safe seat, so your one vote will not make any difference to the result. So the person you elect has more power, but you individually don't. Mm-hmm. Now, probably when you get down to a local council level, the individual vote you have has more power you can do more to change a result at local council level if you talk to several of your friends and so on and you all agree about something and
0: Can you bundle someone in a vat? No, sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> so you all vote
1: your seat. Yeah. So you you could but the thing is your councillor doesn't have a lot of power because councils don't have much money to spend. Yeah. Councillors on the other hand can affect stuff that happens in your locality. Often the things that you notice from day to day like um I don't know, in my street, for instance, there were problems with what's called antisocial behaviour, which is often excessively social behaviour of people sort of <laughs> yeah. getting drunk and shouting the odds <laughs> late at night. And there were sort of issues about establishments in the street. And councillors could do something about that. So sometimes the stuff that makes a difference to your daily life, councillors can do something about and you've got real leverage over them. But it's understandable why a lot of people feel that Westminster is really remote, because as an individual voter, your power is pretty limited.
2: Tell
0: you what, I don't remember ever voting in a European election.
2: I don't think I've ever done that. They were all ta- always tagged onto the end of council mm. elections, I think. when they, uh, they, they uh, you the, uh, the other piece of paper. and stuff, weren't you? Yeah. 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 And you sort of t- yes, it's really odd. Yeah. It's really strange that everyone got obsessed with the idea that Europe had too much influence, when I don't think I'd had any influence on Europe. No. I, d- I, f- I certainly not seem to... It didn't seem to interfere with me, even to the extent of asking me to vote for it, very much. <laughs> what,
0: did they used to be... I mean, this is, this is why Brexit's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't... Like, were there European election campaigns?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. I
0: don't remember um, these. They were
1: pretty perfunctory, really, in Britain. What used to happen is that because of this equal time thing in the broadcasters, uh, course, yeah. you would get Nigel Farage popping up every, everywhere. So in the Euro election... Oh, that's where season, that started. It yeah. is. We can blame balance and proportional representation <laughs> and all these sensible ideas for, the, for unleashing the demon that is, is well, Nigel Farage. because. 2009, 2014 European campaigns, that meant he got extra, sort of equal time. So he was able to put his argument in a
2: way that he couldn't normally as leader of a minor party. I mean, it was only him and the two largest newspapers in the country that were saying that. (laughs) 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 Finally, the voice was heard. If one of the problems with our electoral system is that old people have disproportionate power because they vote, would a way to shake that up be to lower the age of voting to bring in a, a rush of excitement about young people voting. Will that balance it up? And then how young should we go? Because I'm thinking really young. <laughs> the usual
1: proposal is to lower it to 16. And they do that in Scotland for local elections and stuff like that. So the number of people involved is fairly low. And young people, they don't turn out a huge amount either. So it wouldn't be a kind of dramatic effect. Now, one thing that I saw, had which would be really interesting, is young people who wanted to could register to vote from the age of say ten onwards. Oh. So that you'd have to actually go out expressly and want to do it. All those young conservatives.
0: Oh and that's Oh,
2: I think it would be fun. tiny baby Jeremy Corbyn. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people people in debating societies.
0: I love that old footage of William Hague, though. Oh, yeah, and, and his baseball cap. It. Yeah. 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 Okay. Do you think there should be a maximum age limit on voters? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's, I would be tempted, were it not 46. 46, <laughs> that's a... Well, 48... That would be a very good... I speak as a 47-year-old.
2: I'm older than that. I've just had enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The really old people, the thing I love about sort of really old people is that they have a sort of clarity of vision and and so on that is given to very few of us. Like the village elders. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's like, I don't know... I've accepted a lift in a, a an old car, for instance, from a guy who was ninety and had terminal cancer, and I learned so much from that fellow, even though it was absolutely terrifying being in this car <laughs> with him. It was with Prince
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> and as we turned over and over, I thought I learned a lot. Nearly <laughs> uh, killed a kid. It was <laughs> I learned a lot about not getting to a car uh, with a ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as we know, people who are really old,
1: the people who actually did serve in the Second World right. War, rather than kind yeah. of boasting have, about, have about fantasies pubs, about yes. Yeah. Uh, People didn't by read pretty pretty Andy ones. Yeah, people <laughs> yeah. didn't
2: buy Battle Picture Weekly, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can I ask a question? I don't know if it's huge to the conversation, but it's all I can think about at the moment. Are we likely to have a second referendum?
1: Um Does
3: it feel like one's gonna happen?
1: It feels to me like a one in three kind of shot um, What are the other two? What's the other six? The comment? other two... I th- plunging into the sun. Plunging <laughs> into the sun. <laughs> I think plunging into the sun is reasonably possible. Right. Okay, um, good. And the other possibility I think is probably something that looks a bit like Theresa May's agreement, but has the more... The thing. Yeah, right. the checks thing, the withdrawal agreement, perhaps with a bit more kind of customs union and uh-huh. so on something a bit closer to See, already to, it already
3: just is too complicated we need sexy binaries we want flying yeah. into the sun or referendum that, that, yeah. that yeah that's so
0: that's the whole <laughs> the whole custom you, that, d, 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 surely everybody's going to go there's no point right this is just you <laughs> is know that, that's just not Brexit. yeah but just uh, uh, a rule taken and a rule
2: maker, maker? isn't the problem as you said as soon as, as you have got you can't undo a binary decision yeah with a two, with a three-way decision because yeah. it doesn't feel like it's got the force of it. every time I try and think about second referendum I we'll go well there has to be three choices. Yeah. And then you go well then people can argue the whole reason you're doing it is try and undo something with something that's exactly the same yeah. but the second time round there can't be two choices. Yeah. At which point you go oh god it's like nine-dimensional chess. I mean it's like you've got this let's plunge into the sun option. Yeah.
3: So, so plunge into the sun being a
1: metaphor for... For sort of... I literally meant plunge into the sun. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: right. sure. <laughs> the no-deal and Brexit, right? Yes, the no-deal like
1: Brexit. And the risk is of course, I mean, I kind of feel that a government would be within its rights to say, that's a Bloody stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Let's have nothing to do with it. Rule it out, put yeah, it across the table. Officially, aren't they voted in to look after the interests of they the people? They are. That is the mm. general kind of overwhelming overall kind of mission statement of being an MP and being a government.
3: It's really weird when your MP is David Lammy to <laughs> of oh. any kind of I know right everyone moved to Tottenham mm. literally the, the safest Labour seat <laughs> in the country uh, when the Conservatives campaign in Tottenham the poster is literally a tree they don't put the word Conservative on the poster <laughs> it's just a little tiny picture of a tree like vote for the tree party <laughs> yeah David Lammy's amazing. Anyway, sorry, carry on. B- bias. <laughs>
1: um, where was I? Sorry. Um, and we
3: were talking so about MPs? It, oh MPs oh are yes. meant to represent your best interests, which is obviously... Mm, but, ha- yeah. So, so they could yeah.
2: vote no deal because it be yeah, so yeah, that would be the, damaging. Yes, that the constituents, but, yeah.
1: But on the other hand, it is a position that has is part of the debate, like it or not, and it would be kind of ballsy to kind of take it off the... Agenda, mm. so it's a problem. If you give the opportunity for people to crash something into the
2: sun, they may just do it out yeah. of perversity. Well, it Logs. seemed to be a yeah. lot of the impulse. Whenever you heard arguments about why Brexit had happened, the general—I mean, having read endless articles about it—I've heard loads of articles mm. from from one side about why it's a terrible idea. But the articles about why it happened tended to be people wanted to push a big red button, who mm-hmm. wanted to kick David Cameron out the window. Weirdly the phrase no deal and all those put on the ballot paper, would you like to push the red be- big red button and blow up the country because you're not getting anything? That feels like it would get a lot of votes. Yeah, if you've got yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. The nothing yeah. to lose button is
3: quite
0: tempting, yeah. I have to, like, confess, when the, the campaign was going round, it crossed my mind to vote Brexit because it felt like sticking it to Westminster, yeah. who, after, like, what it would have been six years of austerity, you mm-hmm. start going, yeah, yeah, screw these. I well, mean, the I the people who were
2: arguing for it were politicians, economists, bankers, the City of London. They went, they're the best people. Everyone likes them. Yeah. It was really weird that people <laughs> turned against them. Like, yeah. Because they're the beloved. Everyone, yeah. You know in Mary Poppins when she comes in and tells the banker he's doing a brilliant job <laughs> and everyone loves it? they Britain's favourite people and they said don't do it. So it's really weird people didn't do what they said. But
3: take the day off feeding pigeons to do some banking. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. <laughs> is it,
1: is it true? I'm thinking
3: about how we make politics Sexier for the kids to get interested in and voting. Um, how, is it true you can't take a selfie in a voting booth?
1: I believe that's true, but it's it's
3: unenforced. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, don't we bring it and put in really nice ring lighting, yeah, some props, yeah. they dress up, some cactuses, like kind of fun stuff that well, they like in the photo booth. And
1: yeah, yeah, well, I'm about to admit my complicity in an electoral offence.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in the... time we can all. Do
1: it. <laughs> in, in the mid seventies, my mum took me along to a. To, well, she was going to vote, and I think it was a it's a childcare yeah. thing rather than kind of giving me a kind of dip into democracy. She took me into the voting booth, and that was illegal then. Oh, is it?
3: Really? Whereas no, it is legal you know? now. Oh, right. Oh, it has oh, been
1: changed, I understand, yeah. so that it is now okay to take kids into. I've uh, let my
3: kid put the cross, but then David
0: Lammy. That might be me. illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, <laughs> got time for one more oh, quick question each, so if you have anything you would like to ask, the stupider the
2: better. When candidates stand in that row on the hustings, <laughs> waiting for the results re- mm-hmm. read out looking like Pratt's, do they already know they've lost? Yes.
1: yes! Oh, that's oh! more agonising! Oh, oh, I not know that! I
0: don't know that either.
2: It is the sort
1: of poker face kind of thing, Whoa. and also for They're the people good. who've won, they are good. Like, I remember one election, there was a Labour MP for a marginal seat, and I was sort of looking at his face, and he looked really grim. He looked as if he'd had a rubbish, rubbish, rubbish result. And it's then when the result was read out, his face sort of cracked into this beam when he turned out he'd actually held the seat again. And it is an amazing... And if you look at the sort of classic footage from 1997 of Stephen Twigg and Michael Portillo standing on that stage, they both kind of had to hold... The kind of poker face for so long. And then famously, Stevens just sort of oh, cracks beam. and
2: beams. So that's yeah. going to make the next election so much yeah. more complex. It's,
0: just, you'll
3: be, oh, who, it's who, like Drag Race when they take three endings. Yeah. Yeah, so way too specific. There.
0: <laughs> Do you have a? a I
3: I want to go back to how do we make voting appeal to young people? Mm -hmm. Like, if I can't believe when you look at like a march, like the Trump march and Mm. the, the Women's March, it's just young people with amazing signs and banners, and they feel like they're hugely political. The
2: young. And then <laughs> the young they one. don't get
3: in the polling booth. But if they things. don't vote, what would mm. they They do like have... choosing
2: things. They like sort of thumbs up and thumbs down oh, things all the time, binary they decisions. Yeah. And...
3: They'll, they'll do a vote on Metro to which Sex and City character they're most yeah. like, yeah. But how do we make mm. them...
2: Maybe you do that in Metro. Which, poli- which <laughs> Prime Minister you most like, <laughs> and that is then legally binding.
3: Um, Gen- genuinely, how do we make the young people I'm,
1: vote? My big suggestion mm. for this is, is the one that came up earlier, right? I just force people to vote, oh, and yeah, they'd man, find they find ways of liking it. When an experience is <laughs> when an experience percent. when an experience is compulsory, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you make the best of it, and mm. you actually often people take an interest and and do it. Yeah. Feel they want to do it well, but there is a problem here. We've got um, voting as a really kind of individual, non-network sort of act, and it's a very low-tech act. Both of of these things really go with the grain Mm. that people want to experience things in a sort of collective network kind of way. And you don't really get that by voting. Mm. And there are very good reasons why you don't because you don't want to be pressurised by sort of, I don't know, a dominant patriarch or whatever in a Mm. family or anything like that. It has to be individual. It has to come from within you. And you're banned from kind of obviously sharing selfies and whatever about how you've done it. So I think it's a... I think it's a problem with it's not it's not an easy problem to solve by any means so I would just go straight for the make it compulsory people will participate and like it or people will really kick up and react against it oh, and be very eloquent with their reasons for why they don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. And um, they might have to vote against it. Yeah. That'll be yeah. 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 but also I mean like if you compulsory voting, I'm all for it uh, as long as you can have a, a you know, none no of confidence. the above, yeah. Sure. Or do yeah. whatever you want or you know draw a knob on the
1: bottom. draw yeah. a knob. The danger with that though is if you draw a knob by a specific candidate, uh, it could be counted as a vote. Oh. And if that candidate is a knob.
0: Oh I think oh, you can say hate crime. <laughs> We I'm, well, there's
1: like, <laughs> I've, just, sorry, I've just
2: labelled John Redwood. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that the risk
1: voting for him. I mean, there's all sorts of. One of the things they do at election counts is they all the candidates and agents get together and look at all the dubious ballot papers, ones with sort of knobs or symbols or whatever drawn on them. And my favourite one of these is a friend of mine was standing for election, and he uh, there was one of the doubtful ballot papers that said. I am voting for this bastard, mm. and there was an arrow pointing to his name. And the returning officer said, "I think that's a vote for him." And if I may say so, a very perspicacious elector <laughs> as well.
0: I have one final question uh, for you, Lewis, as an expert mm-hmm. on elections. Yep. Who is the worst ever Prime Minister of Great Britain?
1: <laughs> Are we allowed to use current ones or not?
0: I think it's entirely no. your choice.
1: I think, I mean, to some extent, how. Are they people who who couldn't run a bath is one <laughs> definition. Are they people who screwed up the country is another kind of definition. I mean,
0: there's lots of definitions um, of a bad prime minister. Yeah.
1: I would say the real candidates are Anthony Eden, who took office in 1955. Everything was kind of going well. He had an unnecessary war and it was all a complete fiasco and he had to resign in disgrace a year and a half later. That was bad. There was... A guy called Viscount Goodrich, who was Prime Minister in the 1820s for a few months, who was pathologically incapable of making a decision and, in fact, used to, used to burst into tears rather than make a decision. I like this guy. Um, my yeah. favourite. So oh, yeah, he eventually
0: him back? <laughs> T- yeah. i, mean, I, I take him now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: he eventually resigned, I think, because he was sick of it, because the king would say one thing and the parliament would say the other oh, and he'd just sort of stop crying. I want it. Um, 1828 and... 27. And... I, I think you have to say that Theresa May is pretty well up there, in in my opinion. I'm sure she has many people who admire her, but to... Where?
2: (laughs) Where (laughs) are they hiding? But but to actually
1: take office with the task of binding the nation together after a referendum, to make it worse, to be ahead in the polls by 20 points and then lose your majority, Mm -hmm. to have... 24 months to complete a task and then get a fail grade when you hand in your papers (laughs) with hardly any time to go. Um, I think it's going to take a
0: lot of beating. Holy moly. (laughs) Amazing times we live in. (laughs) Well, thank you all very much. And um, thanks to Lewis Baston, Sarah Morgan and Joel Morris. Any Stupid Questions was devised and hosted by me, Danielle Ward and produced by Ed Morris for the internet. Thank you very much for listening.